Hello and welcome to another episode of CFAL Talks. I am Pamela Ferguson and I will be hosting this episode. Joining me in studio are Anthony Ferguson, President of CFAL, Lachelle White, Investment Manager, and Angelo Butler, Senior Investment Analyst. We will be discussing the topic, Is the Bahamas a Tax Haven? The Bahamas offshore banking sector has emerged over the years from a disorganized and unregulated sector to a well-established premier international financial center. The offshore sector has thrived due in large part to the absence of taxes on wealth, income, and inherited assets coupled with bank privacy laws. Since June of 2000, however, and up to current date, the country's offshore banking sector has been dealt a series of severe blows. The Bahamas was included, along with other countries, to the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, better known as the OECD, and the European Union list of harmful tax jurisdiction. To date, April 2021, the country has been removed from all lists after being deemed fully compliant with these organizations' evolving standards. The Bahamas, however, is still not out of the woods and as the threat to this nation's offshore banking sector continues. Are these actions of these international organizations against the Bahamas justifiable? Is the Bahamas a tax haven? Let's discuss. So the panel of financial accountability, transparency, and integrity uh, made a set of recommendations for all countries. What are the top three recommendations made by this panel, and where does the Bahamas stand in terms of these recommendations? Well, the panel said that we needed a minimum corporate tax threshold, which the Bahamas doesn't have, but we should at least start, um, as we discussed in the Last episode, we should at least start um, looking at it. I mean, we can say it all over and over again. Businesses continue to pay on the top line, and they also continue to pay taxes at the border before they even earn a dollar on the goods that they bring in. So we're, we definitely um, don't have that. Um, the group also says that we need increased ownership transparency, and I believe that we did pass the register for beneficial ownership bills sometime in late 2018 um, so that we can maintain an electronic database of the um, beneficial owners and I guess share this information um, with other countries. I don't know where we are with that today or if we made any improvements or if that's um, been useful. I think what this organization is pushing for is for it to be public. You know, because I think a lot of countries have the list and it's, it's centralized and the government, um, has access. And if any country needs information, once it's done the right way, they will provide the information to the respective countries. But I think these organizations are pushing to have it, uh, publicly released and and that's a part of the evolving standards why um, not just publish my bank account then <laughs> right mean, mm-hmm. it's just like i don't think it should be public information because then you could just go mining for data and trying to find um john doe and okay what does he have here yeah so i i just think i mean i i think that it, it should remain private it's not a, nobody nobody's business if you want the information then ask me for it um 
The third thing that they did ask for is stronger protection for whistleblowers and journalists. I think that we do have a Whistleblower Protection Act, but I think that's mostly for public servants. I don't know if that is for um, individuals who are in the in the private um, sector. And I don't I remember reading or coming across anything um, for protection of journalists. Um, I just have to push this in there. We don't have a Freedom of Information Act. Just thought I'd put a plug in there. <laughs> but <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I think that um, that's something that we should definitely look at, not because somebody else is telling us to, but because it's um, it's for just simply for good governance. I think we have to be in step or in sync with global developments. I think one of the charge against this jurisdiction I would put is that we are always behind and we allow ourselves to be ourselves to be forced to do certain things and not staying in sync. And as developments changes or as requirements changes, then we are changing with them and we are, are, are creating uh, policies that best suits us as a jurisdiction rather than being forced into it. Yeah, I agree. I, I would say we should try to control the narrative on the the tax side like you said if companies are paying on top line already um you know maybe we just change the wording or you know as as you holistically reform taxes um you know we change the way it's worded um let's control the narrative and get ahead of some of these things i think the whistleblower and and journalist thing could be a bit difficult in such a small country um you know everyone knows everyone and, and so um that's something where you know, if a large country just looks at us, you know, they don't understand the intricacies that, you know, may make that a bit a bit more difficult um, in terms of victimization. So where does the Bahamas place on the 2021 Tax Haven Index? And what is required to bring the Bahamas in line with international tax rules and avoid being designated a harmful tax jurisdiction? Well, I noted that we ranked 12. Um, and of course, the lower you are, the the worse it is. So number one is the most, well, what they would say, guilty of of being a tax haven. Um, so we're right below Ireland and right above the UK. And um, so we have countries. We haven't strayed far from our roots, in a sense. Um, Be out of the top 10 now. <laughs> but it does seem a bit biased. I see where they gave us a haven score of 100%, um, which means we just you know, accept whatever. Um, it is like you, um, we had previously mentioned some of the um, things that they want addressed, um, you know, minimum tax rates, transparency, um, protection for people who speak out. Um, so, like I said, I think it's a bit biased. Yeah, I think the numbers seem kind of arbitrary to me because I'm like, where are you getting? Um, I think the report said that we are responsible for having like 0.31% of the world's wealth here, but we're responsible for 3.28% of the global tax abuse risk, not even global tax abuse risk. So it just seems sort of arbitrary. And then that score of 100% just basically that you have unrestrained, unrestricted um, allowances for tax evasion. So I'm not sure um, how much, I wouldn't put much credence in the report. I think that we just um, need to continue um, along um, doing, going, moving forward, um, with, um, transparency and 
just um, also, like you said um, in the last podcast, Pam, we don't encourage any sort of tax evasion. Um, we have marketed ourselves as a tax neutral jurisdiction. But I just think that reports like those, you don't know where they get the numbers from because uh, we don't even have numbers like that ourselves. So it's just sort of hard to believe. I think it's interesting. They look at all the countries that didn't have a corporate tax rate or have a very, very low tax rate, and they put them on the list and but gave I, them I, a I, haven score. But, but the greatest respect. Of 100. Y'all, y'all know, I mean, giving too much credence to who the hell is the international <laughs> financial? Who cares about them? We, why don't we get together right now and incorporate on Monday the global international financial and then we start publishing things based on what and with, with the internet we can do whatever we want to do I think we give too much credence to these group what we need to do is focus as a country on what is in our best interest we know that our tax revenues are short our expenditures are out of control we're going to have to adjust our tax system to make it more progressive as opposed to regressive and so yes these noise are going on around us but the good thing of we should take out of it is we need to look internally and and make the adjustments that's necessary for our country and ignore these groups. Yeah, I know. I agree. I find it interesting though. Um, they when they talk about Haven scores and they said the Bahamas is one hundred out of a hundred, which means according to the index, the jurisdiction has an unrestricted scope for tax abuse or is considered an enabler of global tax corporate That is such an abuse. absolute, you know, <laughs> crap, right? When you, I, I just to told you uh, in a previous podcast where 99% of the S&P 500 companies do not pay the corporate tax that is stated on record in the U.S. So who has more loopholes? It's absolute nonsense. Yeah, I agree. I think what they're doing is they don't want to tell their companies not to go overseas. And so what they're doing now is they are putting pressure on countries like the Bahamas that are considered a tax haven to implement these restrictive laws to prevent them from coming overseas. So if you apply a universal global tax rate of 21%, then that will stop the companies that 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 are, are are taking advantage of the loopholes from going to the Bahamas to 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 set up companies or to uh, have head office or work out of these countries. And they know once they try that, the comp- corporations will lobby them, the same leaders and politicians, to to not do it. So, like you said, they're trying to indirectly exactly. make a way where it forces the people who fund them to behave different. So should the Bahamas consider scrapping preferential tax treatment for foreign firms and levy a competitive tax rate for all companies operating in the Bahamas? What will the consequence of such move be? I think we will definitely have to consider a corporate tax rate at some point. Um, in terms of preferential treatment, I do believe that the... Um, playing fields should be leveled between um, local companies and international companies. But for so long, that has been our value proposition. We have been a low um, to minimal, low to no tax um, jurisdiction. Um, but on the whole, we just need to reform our whole tax system. Um, Anthony mentioned um, about some cantons in Switzerland giving tax tax rebates we just need to start thinking about what we are going to do and how we are going to best model our tax um, system so that we can maintain our international competitive 
competitiveness and but also give um local companies um an advantage instead of just taxing and taking um whatever they even before they make a profit they have to pay the tax which is totally unfair and i, I would say it seems a matter of when not if um and you know with these things i think you will lose some sort of business but um perhaps if you restructure it set it up in a way um you could kind of stem the decline we've seen since you know 2000 when it seems that all of these laws and things were introduced and since then we've just been slowly bleeding assets or clients um so perhaps you could you know stem the bleeding and and then go forward trying to grow from there as opposed to just like you said every time they change the goalpost you're scrambling and rushing to try and come up with some solution i mean the industry has has shrunk um prior to 2011 um our our offshore banking sector recorded about a few million dollars shy of half a trillion um assets under management and now we are about 150 billion so all of the legislation all of the the rules that have been implemented has definitely affected um the industry and even the level of employment has gone down within the industry so something needs to be done it feels like we're just a sitting duck and we're going to wait until we are at maybe 20 billion um with with assets under management attached to the jurisdiction and and like the shell mentioned in the last podcast it's a very important export industry um for us and i think we need to do all possible to fight for it and to to stay in sync with with global international standards and 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 always looking for ways in which we can better ourselves as a jurisdiction So Janet Yellen, US Treasury Secretary, just recently proposed a global minimum tax rate of 21%. What does this mean for the Bahamas as an international financial center? If this rich country club of OECD members is successful in implementing such a global minimum tax rate. Like I said earlier, I think this is one good case where um, you know, we can't get world leaders to ever really agree on anything. Um, you know, the OECD the would have to target some of its own members Switzerland to achieve this like you said their um tax rate is somewhere around 8% i think was said um so like i said it, it it will be them shooting themselves in the foot in a sense yes um it could be negative for us but you know at the same time let's see how they how much they shoot themselves in the foot Yeah, I think um even though I mean 21% is absolutely ridiculous. I know that the US is trying to raise its corporate tax rate from 21% to 28% to pay for this 2 trillion dollar infrastructure plan, but I think that um as we keep saying, um the Bahamas has to get ahead of the game. We have to reform our tax system. Um I don't think we should be um looking at what these people are proposing but we have to um form a tax system that is most that, that is most beneficial to us. Um 21% to me um is absolutely ridiculous but I guess um when you go you can we can go from a 0% corporate tax rate even though it's not really 0% um to 21%. Um like Angelo said um world leaders can't really agree on anything but the OECD was pushing this before and then um Janet Yellen came out and said it and then everybody was like oh we're on board but I don't think that um I don't think that it will happen anytime soon but we should get ahead of the game 
Yeah, I mean, again, right, um, sometimes, you know, we tend to focus on the negative. You know, Janet has to say what she has to say to keep her job. She's disappointed. Um, They need to raise taxes. So, yes, all world leaders are looking to see where they can um, harmonize taxes to, quote-unquote, discourage companies from moving to low-tax jurisdiction. But at the same time, um, we as a country need to adjust our own taxation system to ensure fairness, equity, to ensure that we can um, continue to pay for some of the government services. But more importantly, I think we need to use this time to think about you know, what we want the Bahamas to look like in five years and 10 years in terms of what is our value proposition and focus on those things. Because once we have a value proposition um, that is cost-effective, that is efficient, um, we will have companies, irrespective of the tax, coming here to, um, to um, 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 set up. So it's like anything else. You know, if you want to live in San Francisco, New York, Hong Kong, you know, you have to spend 15, 20 million dollars for an apartment. Well, if you want to live there, those people don't mind paying that. And so you people pay for good service if they're getting good service. And so we need to stop just focusing on the tax number, but what is going to be our value proposition for encouraging companies to move here. Yeah, I think it's, it's admirable that the U.S. wants to pursue uh, $2 trillion infrastructure spending um, projects. But at the same time, I don't think it is fair for the U.S. and other countries to force other countries to to raise their their tax rates because they sat around the table and they determine the best tax policy for their citizenry and their projects that they want to bring on stream and that has nothing to do with other countries around the world and so it's unfair for you to move from 21 to 28 percent and then say that the bahamas you and all these other countries have to at minimum have a 21 percent um tax rate and so that's my 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 concern about it they are free to set whatever tax rate that they want to set but when you are imposing that upon other countries i think that's that's unfair The OECD uh, made a statement, and it says their goal is not to fully harmonize tax laws or tax rate, but rather to allow governments who remain sovereign to learn from each other and create policies that can best protect the tax base of each other, rather than engage it in an all-out race to the bottom. Given this statement and the fact that the Bahamas is a sovereign nation, should the Bahamas comply with international pressure to impose, one, a corporate tax rate, and two, a global minimum tax rate? Um, I don't think we should do it for the sake of compliance. I think we should do it for our own good. Um, we can't keep kicking the can down the road. We need um, urgent tax reform. This current model is not working for us, and we can't just keep saying, oh, um, we're not going to do this yet or we're not going to do that yet. We have to look at what's best for the country. The first thing starts with at least opening a conversation on it and getting some studies done, doing some surveys with businesses. Otherwise, um, we are going to kick this can down the road and we're going to find ourselves in a place where we have to rush it and then it's not we um, implement something that is not best for us. And I would agree. um, You know, we should use this as an an opportunity to expand 
on the tax base, if possible. Um, you know, we it's only four hundred thousand of us. Um, we have a lot of demands on the government, so I think, um, you know, let's use this to get some more benefit out of the Bahamas' name. I I think, um, you know, it's good for companies and individuals to come in and enjoy the Bahamas, but you know, at the same time, let's get some sort of um, benefit out of it. Again, right? Again, I think we have to step back and decide what we want to do. And I agree with all of you on your commentary that we need to do it for ourselves, not because someone else is saying that. But at the same token, we need to look at other reforms. Our tax base of corporate citizens and individuals is not large enough to continue the model that we own. And so we have to be open to inviting um Immigrants here who can set up companies here, who can, um, um, you know, bring their assets here, live here. And so we need to change the paradigm. We can't be xenophobic and, and not want foreigners to be here because 400,000 um, persons cannot sustain the tax base that we need if we are going to run this country efficiently. And also the level of debt that we've racked up, <laughs> although we have done it, you know, we, we can't, 400,000 people can't pay that back with predominantly, um, with a large portion of your staff working in the hotel sector where there's generally speaking minimum wage. So off late, there has been the immersion of the new term in the offshore banking sector, tax neutral. What does this new term mean and what are your thoughts on the use of this term and the countries using this term to describe their jurisdiction? From my understanding, it's just basically a way to avoid um, double taxation. So you have countries like the Bahamas, countries like the Cayman Island who market themselves as tax neutral jurisdiction. And I saw an example where you have um, a company in country A that you know wants to invest with a company in country B. And, you know, to avoid the complexity of deciding which country to consolidate those companies and they go to a tax neutral country, let's say country C. And, you know, in country C, they have one corporation formed and then that corporation jointly invests in country D or country A, country B. And so in that sense, you know, it, it just works as a country where you can form a corporation together without an additional layer of tax. Um, so I, I think that, I thought that was interesting. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, how will the OECD and the bullies see that? Will they still see that as avoiding or, you know, however they, they, because they always find some, some sort of issue and problem with whatever it is you try to do as a small country. Yeah. And I also think that that helps with, um, the, the free flow of, of capital because you don't have to be afraid that you're going to be, you know, what you're going to pay. You don't have to be afraid that you're going to be taxed again if I have my money here. And it's, it's unfair in a way because you shouldn't have to pay multiple taxes on the same income. While I understand the theoretical um, aspect of it, the fact of the matter is we cannot be tax neutral because we, we, we market ourselves like that. But we're not, because to be tax neutral, it means that I would net my tax off in my country versus my head office. So, for instance, if, the, if, 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 if I'm paying 20% in Canada and I'm paying 20%, then that's a tax neutral. So, I just pay in 20. So, I, it's over. So, so, I think, again, we miss, uh, we abuse the term tax haven when we used to market ourselves as a tax haven. And I think we are again abusing the term tax neutral because we're not. 
Yeah, but when you have those, when you um netting off taxes, don't you have to have tax treaties? Well, that's my point. And that's exactly my exactly. Treaties. So I'm saying we are we are incorrectly again marketing ourselves. That's exactly my point. That's exactly my point. Well, I guess it's messaging because if you have persons still selling us out there, although I don't think tax haven um, is so bad, but then it's a bad name um, in the world. So um, but we are an international financial center, and I think we should market ourselves as an international financial sec- uh, center um, with, with cost efficiencies. And I think the, you know, the developed world, I think they miss, like I said, the article said the Bahamas cost about $20 million in tax losses per year and when you think about the economic impact that we've lost with all of the issues we've had complying and and things of that nature you know is it really worth it um you know from this because eventually if you know persons in developing countries have issues finding jobs where they're gonna migrate right to those developed countries become burdens on their systems and so you know i think in some cases they don't even consider that and and you know you kill an industry for 20 million dollars and then those people come right to your country to you know be a burden on you so i think the 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 legislative restrictions um are there to hamper the the rise in these these um jurisdictions that they consider to be tax haven and that's why they put it on them they're trying to discourage um they they want it to be cost prohibitive um, to discourage um, companies from coming there. And at the end of the day, like you said, is it even worth it um, um, when the cost is so high? And, and like I said, they know which loopholes they can fix. If, if, they, if the U.S. government needed a trillion dollars tomorrow, they know which, exactly which tax loopholes, like you said, Amazon knows. When they, and they announced it publicly, their effective tax rate this quarter was 6%. And so they know exactly what they need to Haven't do. Haven't made if, if 8.6 revenue. billion this quarter. Yeah, so <laughs> right? record quarters, um, but they're just not, you know, they're just grandstanding in a sense. Even then, right? Let's, let's take the U.S., for example. Each state has their own tax laws. Why do you think a lot of retirees move to Florida? Why do you think a lot of people after the pandemic is leaving New York, Boston, the West Coast, and moving to Florida? Lower taxes. I agree totally. So stop bullying the places like the Bahamas <laughs> to increase our tax rate, to increase our tax rate. So no, I just think we need, you know, they could bully as much as they want. I just think we need to be more proactive, more long-term thinking and put in place strategies that to our benefit while yeah. still being within the ambit of international laws. I agree. But we're so small that if they bully us and their law becomes the global standard, then the question will be, can we even survive? Okay, let, let, let's be real about it. What's our trade with Europe? Under 10%. Yet, we have to change everything to accommodate them. And every time we, we change, we move the goalposts. It, it, it's... The reason is we have persons negotiating on our behalf who don't quite frankly understand our own industry, our own country, and what it takes to move the country forward. And that's the reason why. So when they say these things, we just go and say, Master, what do you want us to sign? What do you want us to put in? We're not thinking. Yeah, we're not thinking. And, and in the end, we are losing ground in a very important industry um, um, for, for the country. So our final question, is the Bahamas a tax haven? 
I would say the world is a tax haven and, and you know, <laughs> corporations and, and the wealthy will always find some way. Um, and so let's find a way to, you know, benefit as much as we possibly can. We, we cannot control the perception others have and, and what they put out there, like we said earlier. So let's create our own narrative and try to grow from here. Yeah, I I agree. We have to um, create our own narrative. We have to move forward in our own best interest. Um, I think that even if we do everything they say and everything they want us to do, they're still going to come back and say, well, you need to do this also. So we just need to focus on what's best for us and just move ahead. Well, I mean, I, I share all of your verbiage on this. And we only need to look to last year, why we should do exactly what you all just said. We had a global pandemic. Everybody is fighting to take care of their own people. The Bahamas is not on the priority list of sending vaccination, et cetera, et cetera. And that's exactly what we need to do is we need to determine where we want to be, how we want to get there, and what's in our best interest. And then we need to structure our affairs according to that, bearing in mind some of the challenges globally. The Bahamas is an international financial center that focuses on providing efficient services and cost-efficient products. Thank you, panel. Thank you, guests, for listening. We do hope you enjoy and see you during our next podcast. <laughs>